Welcome to the podcast, From Crisis to Connection. I'm Jeff Stewart, licensed marriage and family therapist, and I'll be bringing the professional perspective. I'm Jody Stewart, unlicensed wife, mother, daughter, sister, friend, and neighbor, and I'll be bringing the regular everyday perspective. We are all about relationship recovery, and we'll tackle tough topics like infidelity, abuse, addiction, pornography, and betrayal trauma. We also focus on helping you build stronger connections in your most important relationships. So thanks for joining us. We're glad you're here. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Yes, welcome back. Before we jump in, we want to let you know about a special free course that you can download called First Steps to Rebuilding Trust. This is a course I created to help you learn the fundamentals for rebuilding trust in your relationship. And it addresses what the person who broke the trust can do, the person who's been betrayed can start doing, and just some other ideas for the couple relationship. Mm -hmm. And you can get it immediately by going to the link in the show notes there and click on that and give us your email address and we'll send you the course right away. Hopefully that can be a great resource for you. Okay, let's jump into today's topic. Okay. I get asked this a lot indirectly in my practice, which is this whole idea of, can my marriage fix a pornography problem? Right. What you really need here is just a green light. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So it's interesting. This comes up a lot because in some ways, a family member, a church leader, or somebody Mm -hmm. else has made the pornography issue about the marriage almost right out the gate. Mm. That's usually what happens. It's like, oh, there's a pornography issue. Well, tell us about the marriage or how's your marriage or let's go on more dates or like it becomes like a marriage issue all of a sudden. Mm Mm-hmm. And that can be very confusing for a partner who's been betrayed because they feel like in a lot of ways that now it's their responsibility somehow to fix the pornography issue through the marriage right out the gate. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure. And it's, that's a problem. (laughs) Yeah. So that's what we want to talk about today is why, you know, why a marriage isn't going to fix a pornography issue. Yeah. And I think I just want to start this off by saying this, to me, this is a matter of responsibility. If the pressure is like the marriage, if the unintentional message is, well, work on your marriage, it puts responsibility on the marriage, which puts equal responsibility on the betrayed partner to handle the pornography issue. For sure. Yeah. But I'm thinking that like even more directly, it's more a matter of, oh, there's this pornography thing. So it must be a sex thing. So just- just improve your sex life. Oh, yeah. Like that. that's what falls on the partner. Yeah. Primarily, not like the marriage in general, right? Oh, it's yeah. It's more about just fix fix the bedroom issue. And yeah. as if the two are yeah. inseparably linked, which is totally false. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I was going to get there, but okay. <laughs> let, we're there. Let's talk about that because you're right. That is usually the issue. It's like, oh, pornography is a sexual issue, uh-huh. right? And marriage is where you're supposed to be having sex. So let's just so, fix it there. Right. Yeah. And you're right. The betrayed partners, again, in in my practice, at least, has been, you know, 99% women. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, I mostly work with that that breakdown. But yeah, they immediately go there and immediately feel like, oh, well, I'm not as skinny or sexual as available or whatever as these these porn actresses. Is making it so enticing. Yeah. So then it becomes a marriage issue. Or the way I do it or the way I show up or Mm -hmm. if I just figure out what's so alluring over there, then that'll like tidy it all up and keep it within the bounds. Right. And that's just so not even close to how it works. No, 
Not even close. Yeah. So the pressure of fixing the pornography problem, it shifts the responsibility yeah, it over, sure does. like I was talking initially about the marriage, but more specifically, you're saying to the partner, the sexual partner. Mm-hmm. And so we talk about it like it's shifting it over to the marriage. But I think what you're pointing out accurately is it doesn't put it on the marriage proper. It puts uh-uh. it on the betrayed partner Yeah, in the name of the marriage, like our marriage, our sex life. But really, it's one person saying either the person who's looking at the pornography is saying this or someone else who's trying to support them. And I've the therapists have done it. I've seen all kinds mm-hmm. of things, which is, yeah, this needs to. So why is that problematic? Well, I think it shifts the responsibility to yeah, the number wrong one. person. So that's the first reason it's problematic is it does shift the responsibility. Yeah, and that's a huge problem because I've seen betrayed partners twist themselves in knots trying to oh man, show up like in a way that competes with the pornography and is so damaging. It is so degrading, so diminishing yeah. for them as women, as individuals. Well, I mean, it, it's the same thing as saying, you know, if I have a stealing problem, my spouse needs to just like provide more stuff in my life so I don't have to go steal it somewhere. But it's like <laughs> the responsibility is Seriously. theirs to make sure that like I don't have any lack so I don't need to steal. Right. That's crazy. Right. That's right. crazy. And it, this is just as crazy. Right. And so ladies, if you're listening to this and you you feel like there's something you should be doing in the bedroom. Mm-mm. Or even outside the bedroom by going in, you know, whether that's cosmetic surgery or whether that's Mm. crazy diets or trying to improve your personality or whatever you think it may be. Be more adventurous or try things that you're not comfortable with or. Right. Start Googling how to become more. Yeah. Whatever. Work on all the bedroom stuff. Like those things are only going to make you feel worse. Mm -hmm. And they will not help. No. They don't act. They actually don't help. No, they don't. They don't. Because then it, it keeps what happens in the bedroom a performance. Mm-hmm. And that that won't change anything. Yeah, you, you disconnect from yourself mm-hmm. because now you're just anxious and you're managing a tremendous amount of fear. And in a way, you get pulled into trying to control another person. Yeah. And I, that's a hard thing to say because yeah. I don't want to be critical of trauma and your own fear and reactions Mm -hmm. and trying to save the relationship. But there's this term called betrayal blindness that uh, a researcher named Jennifer Freed came up with, which she says that because of our bond, our attachment is so strong to this other person, we will blind ourselves to do things that we wouldn't normally do to try and save the relationship. Mm. And that can be going into areas or agreeing to things sexually, especially like you're saying, Jody, Mm. like that will leave you feeling worse. Yeah. And it's it's not worth it. The, if the bond is going to be saved, it's not going to be because you hustled so hard. Yeah, and you somehow won him in the bedroom. Won it's him. Not, it's, that's <laughs> no. not how it works. It's, that's no. just it. You can never do enough work in that area to change what's going on over here, what's causing the, and what's what he's dealing with, with the pornography issue. Yeah. And if you understand like the the way a pornography addiction, pornography habit, whatever you want to call it, whatever level it's at, there is a certain level of tolerance that, that the person using the pornography starts to develop and they need more and more of, mm-hmm. of oftentimes the same thing so that they can eventually start to feel. It's like with any, any sort of, it's like with dopamine. It's like when you yeah. know, that, that first piece of cake. Yeah. Tastes way better wow. than, than the 10th piece of cake. Yeah. 
and you just never quite get there. So, but there's this hunt, there's this chase. And if you as a betrayed partner start to insert yourself into that hunt, Mm -hmm. thinking that you're going to somehow divert him from seeking out pornography, you'll give him the real thing, quote unquote, or you'll somehow be better. You're just going to leave yourself feeling so much more degraded and worse because Mm -hmm. you're up against dopamine. Yeah. It's not an intimate, bonding, secure thing. Back to our initial point here. It's not your responsibility to do anything about it. It's not your area. It's not your scope. It's not your zone. So it's better that you don't just waste time and energy and resources getting into it because it's it's not yours to do something with there. And pornography issues aren't even about sex. They're about emotional mismanagement. They're about attachment issues, mood regulation, relationships. Okay. So let's- let's, So many other things. Let's talk about that as our number two, that marriage can't fix a pornography problem because it's not I mean, at least the bedroom portion can't fix. Right. And a betrayed partner can't because it's not about sex. Yeah. It's not about the betrayed partner not being enough Mm -hmm. or too much or this or that. It's really about other dynamics in the person struggling with it because they're often keeping it secret. They're Mm -hmm. often ashamed of it themselves. They're often bringing in something from their previous life, their childhood, their adolescence, even if they didn't struggle with a pornography issue, like a proper, you know, that wasn't like a identified issue. Yeah. They still oftentimes bring in poor coping strategies mm-hmm. or poor the emotional shame, regulation the, or shame mm-hmm. or family dynamics or other things that make their coping strategies, you know, less effective. And so they, they can easily start to formulate something or form something like that in marriage that isn't something that you caused. And so mm-hmm. if you think the marriage is going to fix it, It takes, again, the individual responsibility off of looking at why am I, why is the individual, they they need to ask themselves, why am I turning to this as a way to numb, to escape, to feel, Mm -hmm. you know, there's so many individual factors in making a choice to look at this. And a lot of, a lot of times it goes, again, it just gets put right back on the relationship. Like, and there might be a desperate cry for help of like, help me. I don't know what to do. I'm not sure. Or they may blame and say like, you know, if you were just nicer, if you were just, I mean, it can mm-hmm. get into all kinds of emotional regulation issues, but ultimately the person who's struggling with it, thankfully can do something about it. Yeah. Well, and maybe maybe we should develop that a little bit, that part of why that, that can't happen is because in a marriage, you're dealing with real people mm-hmm. and real people are complicated and unpredictable and they don't necessarily think the way you do, but you're when you're dealing with images and inanimate, you know, photo objects, then or you know, animate objects, yeah. then you're it's still just one person in control. It's not a relationship. Exactly. It requires less work. It's a whole different realm. And so mm-hmm. Yeah, I love what you said, like one person in control versus two people working together. Sharing. Yeah. That is a huge thing because even just sexually, I mean, think about it, how vulnerable it is to initiate sex yeah. on, on either side, if, especially if you're the higher desire partner, it's very vulnerable to, to like face possibly what can feel like a rejection or maybe is a rejection. Mm-hmm. And with pornography, there's no rejection nope. ever. And so you're right. Like that's just one small example of that one-sided thing. If you get so used to like never really having to take a risk. Right. Then facing an actual person. Dealing with a real person. 
who may you have, have a different... no skills. Mm-hmm. You have no, you haven't built up any kind of resilience toward like navigating an actual relationship. And a lot of betrayed partners, a lot of women that I talk to, they'll say things like one of their losses or one of their sadness is that they never really got a chance to learn how to develop that with their spouse. They never were given the chance to like work things out because so many of those needs, emotional needs, their shame, their fears, their worries, their even their sexual preferences, all that stuff, many times were sort of funneled or sidelined into the secret world. Mm-hmm. And so they, they have this immature or really underdeveloped relationship because they've never mm-hmm. had a chance to go back and forth and practice the kind of courage and risk-taking and openness mm-hmm. and all these things that like real intimacy requires. And a lot of ways it's it's been one-sided, them usually trying to ask, hey, what's going on? Or are we okay? Are you okay? Yeah. And it, it, yeah, that, so that one-sided thing, I just want to highlight that I, I think that that's, that's very accurate for why this is not, it can't be fixed initially on the couple level because mm-hmm. the one person has to make that choice to have the courage to make it two ways. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And so other reasons why a marriage won't fix a pornography problem. Well, let me, let me just say this real quick. I work with a lot of couples in my practice and I have a very coupled-centered approach to this. And I want couples to know that they can strengthen their own recoveries, both of them, through strengthening the relationship. Sure. But the relationship work depends on primarily, like initially, an initial choice from the person who's doing it to stop doing it. Yeah. Like that part, everything hinges on that. A betrayed partner obviously has choices. They have to decide how to respond and heal and they have their own work which then together as a couple, they can work. But if the one person never stops it and doesn't want to, or is still keeping secrets or manipulating or hiding or all that stuff, it cannot be a couple's issue at that point. It affects the couple, but it is For not sure. a couple's responsibility. No, it's, it's not. Yeah, it can only be a couple's responsibility if each part, if both parts of the couple are turning toward each other. Yeah. So if you're doing things as a betrayed partner, you don't feel good about, you know, make those changes for yourself, mm-hmm. make them to be a healthier person. But in terms of stopping a pornography issue that's in your relationship, it's hard to embrace oh. this and accept this, but it's not something you can stop. Mm-hmm. No amount of checking, catching, monitoring, interrogating. Or supporting. Yeah. Or like any of it is going to... Yeah, even on the other end, like being so kind and sweet and understanding, uh-huh. like none of that's going to stop the behavior. It's an individual choice. Yeah. And my general sense of it, you can weigh in on this, but my mm-hmm. general sense of it is that for in relationships where the partner who has betrayed the trust is most likely to do the work when being treated like an adult who can take responsibility and do his work. Oh my goodness, 100%. So that is an influence. Mm -hmm. Just allowing somebody to pick up their rocks to carry and to carry them Mm -hmm. and to figure out how to navigate that. And Yeah, that could be a whole separate podcast episode. Yeah, let's do that one Or or an entire course, certainly. There's a (laughs) lot there, but let's give an example of what that looks like. Because again, it's a marriage isn't going to fix a pornography problem. The, The individual has to choose to do it. But a lot of betrayed partners are like, well, what can I do? Mm-hmm. And I think what you're saying is let them let be them. responsible. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Let them actually take responsibility for it in the form of setting up their own appointments. Right. 
Yeah, for like recovery kinds mm-hmm. of repo- appointments. Sure. for therapy that, or... Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because a, a lot of time the dynamic turns into the pornography user under-functioning. Mm-hmm. And then the spouse doing a lot of over-functioning to compensate. Right. And so that dynamic needs to change. That, right. That a person is more likely to step into adulthood and proper functioning as a partner when they're treated like a partner. So instead of, you know, caring for them, maybe the same way you would care for children, Mm -hmm. you would care for them as a partner, as an equal with an expectation, which takes a huge shift in thinking and believing, but with an expectation that they're going to show up like a partner. Right, right. And that, so they have a problem, a big problem that they need to navigate and you can say supportive words about it and yet still expect them to, whatever it is, come home on time, do the things they say they're going to do to contribute in the family, make their own appointments, work their recovery, tell you about it. Yeah, because, you know, addictive and compulsive behaviors, they do, they are a form of underfunctioning, and they do tend to create a lot of relationship immaturity. Mm-hmm. And both people playing into that where one person's over-functioning or managing the other, it's not going to set you up for any kind of real partnership or intimacy. No, nobody maintains dignity that way. Mm -mm. No, exactly. And and so, so it sabotages on both sides. Right. So if, if, as a betrayed partner, I love this, like if you're wanting this to go away, you have to surrender the fact that you can't make this go away, but you can respond to the other person by sending a clear message that it's their job to make this go away. Mm-hmm. And then it's like inviting them in to then work together with you down the road as a couple to build a healthier relationship without that competing attachment, the competing addiction, the competing problem. Yeah. It's like, let's work together, but to go over and like pry them off of their addiction and like pull them in to be a partner with you, you'll never feel settled. Mm-mm. It's not your job to do that. And Everything in you is, of course, going to want that because that's the dream. Oh, yeah. You know, but you you just are going to end up unintentionally creating more work for yourself. Yeah, you have to have muster up the courage and the self-respect to let them choose yeah. the marriage. Again, this is another episode, but there's so much of the the grief and loss, you know, the, the stages of grief. Mm-hmm. This is what we're talking about is kind of that bargaining anger. Yeah. Right. That yeah. that part of like acceptance. Yeah. Like I've not accepted it. We're gonna fix this. I'm gonna bargain, and that could be again engaging in sexual things that you don't agree with, or beating yourself up, or to over functioning. Mm-hmm. All these are ways uh-huh. of trying to bargain and not let you know to basically say like I'm not gonna let this thing yeah. take us down. Yeah, it's just a little bit counterintuitive. Mm-hmm. The best thing you can do to not let it take you down is to support your spouse as a healthy and full-functioning adult, even as they're learning to become that and contribute in those ways. Mm-hmm. Just keep knowing that they can do it. And so much of the work for betrayed partners is to get support to how to do just that. Mm-hmm. Because emotionally, it's such a roller coaster. You're dealing with your own feelings of comparison, abandonment, rejection, hurt, loss, broken promises, being manipulated. There's so many emotions that come up and how to live in tandem and work with someone who may or may not be engaging in their own personal recovery process. The future of the relationship depends on both people taking that responsibility. Yes. The person who whose job it is to stop their acting out and get help for that 
and the other person whose job it is to allow them to do that. Yeah, no small feat. No small feat, but when you're clear about whose job belongs mm-hmm. to who, it really does create a lot more order and structure. And this is something we're very passionate about is helping people understand that roadmap and what exactly are the, all the different moving pieces so that you can absolutely get where you need to go mm-hmm. without wasting a bunch of time and energy. Yeah. And Spinning, overstepping. Yeah. You can just be on, on your path, and which is essentially the couple path if everybody does their work. So many people give up in this process only because they just are so disoriented and they just get worn out when Mm -hmm. they could have used that energy going the right direction. So we're glad you're here listening to this. Mm -hmm. We have a lot to say about this and we want to help you get clarity around this. And uh, we're just, you know, interested in helping this become something that is not confusing. Right. It doesn't have to be. Thanks so much for being here. We're glad you joined us. We'll catch you guys in the next episode.